All right, uh, take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. And uh, we're going to be talking today about God's plan for your life, okay? God's plan for man, God's plan for your life. Now, how many of you, uh, and also we're going to be talking about how God speaks to us about going all through the Bible and, and what that means, what that looks like. Now, it may not be what you think it is, so I want you to listen up this morning what the word go is, because the word go was also in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament, and it has a variety of meanings, and you need to understand what that means. How many of you have uh, heard the country and western singer Toby Keith? Let me see your hands, okay? And made known the song, We Want to Be a Cowboy, or something like that. And it just, I mean, it just dominated the, the charts for many, many weeks. And uh, also, in 2001, his daddy died. And his daddy he was a, uh, uh, a veteran. And he wrote a song for his dad. And uh, he record, he well, first of all, he wrote the song for his dad. Not to record it. It took him about 20 minutes to record that. He's thinking of his dad and the patriotism that his dad had. And uh, he, sung, he, he, he sung this song in front of some people, and, and uh, other people wanted him to sing it here and sing it there. Anyway, he got all the way to some of the high-up uh, brass uh, in the White House, wanted to hear this with some other uh, one, two, three, four-star generals and all that, wanted to hear this song. And uh, one of those guys said, you know, we're, and, and matter of fact, after 201, uh, we were attacked. America was attacked, and there was a lot of people joining the military, and uh, they, hear, they felt, heard the call to go. And, uh, you know, and anyway, he said to him, you need, you're, you're going. Maybe you don't need to put on a uniform and, and, and go to a foreign soil. But what you need to do, your go, is you need to record this song because our soldiers need the morale of this song. And he wasn't going to record it. And it's uh, courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Now, I, after reading or after looking at some of it, I thought, well, I sure can't see that song in the, in the church because there's especially one line in there I would want to mention. Uh, but I can understand the patriotism in the song, and I can understand that. Say the word go. See, God is calling us all to go. And we need to know what that looks like. Now, people often wonder what God will say to you on the other side of eternity? Will he be loving? Will he be understanding? Uh, What will he think of my life? What I want him to say to me is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, and and I'm going to make you ruler over many. That's what I want to hear. How many of you want to hear that? We want to hear God say something good back to us. So, you know, uh, living your life for the gospel is worth it, okay? So when you're transformed, you can't help but catch the vision to go. And, and, and you know, here am I, Lord. Send me. What, what do you want me to do, Lord? I mean, that's, that's kind of the way you get in, in, your, in, your, uh, in your heart. So when you're transformed, you just can't help it. When you're committed your life to Christ, you commit to a lifelong adventure 
to go wherever that he sends you and whatever he wants you to do. I mean, it's in you. I remember the night I got saved, and, you know, all, I'm, all I want to do is, Lord, what do you want me to do, okay? Now, now let me say this. Uh, the word go to one person may look, like one, uh, may look like this, and the word go to another person might look like this, and especially at different times in your life. Sometimes, you know, you, you, know, you, you might need to uh, uh, take a step back and begin to learn about Christ, and, and, and that might be your go at, at, at that particular time. But in the AD series, you recently saw how uh, everything changed for Saul once he was converted on the road to Damascus. And he heard the call. He heard the call to go, okay? So Saul dramatically encountered with Jesus. His life was so transformed. Saul the persecutor becomes Saul the proclaimer. He called a vision, and God began to show him things. So turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 9 and verse 19. And I want you to just listen to this uh, scripture this morning, this passage this morning. And it says in verse chapter 9 and verse 1, it says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all those who heard him were astonished and ask, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? There was a lot of questions about Paul's life, or Saul's life at this time, later became Paul. Notice the next verse. Yet Paul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, please? Heavenly Father, help us this morning to open our eyes like you opened Saul's eyes. And Lord, we appreciate all that you've done in our lives. We appreciate all you've done on Calvary. And Lord, our heart is rejoicing this morning. And God, show us your way. Show us your plan for our lives. And Lord, I know it at different times it will change. But for right now, for each and every one that's here, Show us your plan, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, number one, write this down in your notes. The urgency of the go. Write this in your notes. The urgency of the go. Now, in this passage, we see that Saul consumed with one go. And that goal was to make Jesus known. In other words, it turns out it was too hot for some of them to handle in the established church. And that's the same way it is today. Sometimes God speaks to someone that's even on the perimeters of the church. That's, there's a voice out there because something's not being done the way God wants it done. Now, he was rejected and he was redirected uh, to a safe distance. Yet God never promises safety living out the gospel in our lives. Potential, yes. Purpose, yes. Power, yes. Safety, no. In other words, there's going to be things that, that in our lives that we encounter in life. Sometimes I want God just take me out of this, deliver me from this. And God says, no, I'm going to give you the power to go through it. Come on, somebody. And the same way with Paul in his life. To assume living for Jesus is saved is to miss the adventure and the intensity of the word go. Because God calls us to go. God calls us to go forth. Now, the disciples were skeptical of Saul. The Jews were lethal. And the city was dangerous. Yet, yet, yet nothing could stop Saul from powerfully and fearlessly and boldly proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah. And he began to proclaim that, proclaim it to the point that they had to hide him because they, you know, for safety of his life. So repeatedly throughout the scripture, 
we're told to go. Matter of fact, in the, in, in, in the Scripture, it's, it shows up 1,400 times that God says to man to go. In other words, we have a calling on our lives. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes, uh, how many of you have ever got a call from someone that you didn't answer the call? You know, today, it's easy for us to have, you know, uh, you let it ring and, 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 and you know, it, it, it picks up the, you know, records the message and we can get back. You know, that happens a lot, okay? And so sometimes God is calling. I think we do the same thing with the good Lord. Come on, somebody. So we can never mistake the Bible as encountering inactivity. It describes and reveals the urgency of the call to go. Now, let me just give you a few examples of that, okay? First of all, let's look at the life of Abraham. Look at Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. And here's what the scripture says. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's house into the land that I will show you. Notice the word go there. Everybody say go. So he said to go. Now, it's interesting that Abraham was called from a place before he was called to a place. Now, it's very interesting. You say, like, okay, well, where are we going? <laughs> okay, it's like, I didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't say, I didn't tell you where you're going yet. I just asked you, to, I told you to go. And many times that's the same way where the Lord will speak to us. He'll tell us to go. It's like, well, Lord, where are we going? And that's what some of the, the people that were following Jesus, they want to say, well, where are we going first? You know, I, I'll go, but where are we going? And that's exactly what happens, okay? So as we, we find out, Abraham, he left behind his old life for a new one without knowing where he would end up. And this is just like our relationship with Christ today. Now, here's the deal. We experience new life, yet we're often sure to where we're being led. We don't, we don't understand that. So God wants us to live in a journey. And sometimes, folks, I'll tell you, the journey is exciting if we would just realize that the journey is exciting. You know, uh, you know how many of you know sometimes you got your kids in the back of the car? I remember my kids was growing up, and we're going somewhere, and they, are we there yet? No, we're not there yet, but we're getting, we're getting there. We're going to get there. So that's a, that excitement, okay? And, and also with Moses and in Exodus 3.10. Now, so now Go. The Lord says to Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, Moses was not the uh, cream of the crop, but he was an outsider, okay, with a complicated past. And sometimes you and I are the same way. He was not eloquent and had trouble controlling his anger. Maybe some of us are the same way. Yet God chose him to deliver him and to deliver the people of Israel. Now, let me tell you something. God's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Somebody say amen. So if you're available and you hear the call and you respond to the call, that's what God is looking for. God can equip you. Come on, somebody. And God can empower you to do those things, okay? So, and, and as we look at this, uh, uh, because God equips those he calls, Moses couldn't fail if he obeyed God. Moses was an unlikely person to follow the call. So was Saul, and sometimes so are we, okay? And here's what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And sometimes the very person that you think God would never call to do something is the one that God calls. Why? Because, you know, he's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. He's looking for those that will be obedient to the thing that he's called to be. He will empower you. Somebody say amen. 
Let's look at Deborah and Barak. It says then, uh, in, in, uh, and as we look at that in Judges 4.14, if you want to write that down. Then Deborah said to Barak, go. This is the day the Lord has given uh, Sarah into your hands. Uh, he has not the Lord gone ahead of you. See, sometimes God uses someone else to give us the message to go, but yet we hear the call to go. I remember, and, and there's been many calls in my life to go. There's been many calls in my life that God has spoken to me along the way. Now, Pastor, have you, does he speak to you in an audible voice? No, I never heard no audible voice. Well, let me tell you something. I've heard the voice of God. Come on, somebody. I've heard that uh, small voice that God speaks to me, okay? So God will not fail to accomplish his purposes in this world. And, you know, he's willing to use anybody that will hear the call. Now, what about Jonathan and his armor barrier in, in 1 Samuel 14, 6 and 7? Now, here's what it says. Jonathan said to his young armor barrier, Come, let us go over to the outpost of the uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saying whether uh, by many or by few. Do, do all those you have in mind, his armor bearer said, go ahead. I am with your heart and your soul. And they went together that day and they, a great victory was won. But both Jonathan and his armor bearer showed great faith as they understood the urgency. Everybody say the urgency. The urgency to go. Sometimes there's an urgent call to go. I mean, it's urgent. You, you know, it's like now's the time. You know, time, everything is beautiful in its time. And you know, there's times that God is being urgent with you about a call that God is putting up on you. What about Ananias? The Lord said to Ananias in Acts chapter 9 verse 11, where we're reading this morning. Go to the house of Judah on the, on the straight street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. In other words, God spoke to Ananias to go pray for Paul and, it, and his eyes, he healed his eyes and called him into the ministry. Ananias probably wished that he was somewhere else uh, other than Damascus. He'd heard about this man, Saul. He'd heard about him. So here in this passage, God tells him to go see Saul and he obeys and he goes. Folks, I'm telling you, there's an urgency to go and we need to be, uh, we need to listen to that. Now, Ananias did go, and, and, and what happened, causing the greatest missionary in history to, feel, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to go forth. And sometimes God might be calling you to connect with someone else, and the word go is there, and to help them in their go. So there's an urgency. Number two, write this down. Understanding the go. God continues to send people to encourage them to go. Everybody say encourage them to go. And we believe he equips the call, those he calls. Saul was redirected to Tarsus, okay? We don't know whether he chose to go or was forced to go. It would have been easier for Saul to feel like quitting. Uh, You know, it would have been easier for him to think that, that, that he misheard God's call to go. Yet Saul, yet Saul, later called Paul, gave God the benefit of the doubt. And even those conditions were not perfect and the go was still urgent in, in his life. Now, many do not understand the go and God's plan. In other words, there's a misunderstanding. That's the reason maybe some do not go. Maybe you're sitting here and God's been speaking to you and you haven't went forth yet because you're not understanding what God is saying. Now, let me just, let's talk about that. This week's episode of AD Explores Saul was likely feeling he struggled to understand why God was using Peter, Simon Peter. 
Now, Simon Peter was uneducated. He was an unsuccessful fisherman. And, and why is God calling him? And sometimes we have a problem when we get our eyes on somebody else and thinking, well, why did God call them? Why did God do this? Let me tell you something. God calls who he wants to call. Somebody say amen. And we've got to understand that it's God doing the calling. So the reality of knowing Jesus is this. The more mature that I become in my faith, the less that I think it may be my job to know the next step. In other words, it's his job to know the next step. All I need to do is just follow him. Somebody say amen. So we're on a journey. We are following the Lord. Now, God may be talk, uh, taking us different places. There may be mountains. There may be things that we are exploring. Listen to this. Here's a good scripture. You need to write this one down. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5. I think I might have it in your notes there if you're taking notes and if you've got an outline this morning. It says, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, So you cannot understand the works of God, the maker of all things. Now, how many of you know there's things that we don't know? Somebody say amen. There's times we don't know something. And because of that, we stumble, okay? There's many who will walk away from the goal in their life because they they want understanding. They won't take the next step. There's been a lot of times it's like, I, I know God wants me to go, but there's just some blanks that need to be filled in in my life. How many has ever been like that? It's like, Lord, I need some blanks. I, I got some blanks here. I don't understand what you're saying at this particular time. But God, you know, always, you know, comes forth. And God always begins to share with you. When God called me to go, after I was encountering some obstacles in my life, I, I remember a call of God in my life. I, I just felt like quitting because there's things I didn't know. But folks, as we go, we will know. Come on, somebody. As we go, we will know. And God starts turning the light on. You know, walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Now, walk in the light. Okay, what is the light? The light. How many of you know, how many of you know uh, if you're driving a car your headlights only shine down about 100 feet or so that you can see, and then after that, there's darkness. Can I get a witness? But how many of you know once you get 100 feet, you got another 100 feet after that? So you go with the light that you see, and you say, well, I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what's out there a little bit further. How many of you know sometimes we want all the answers right up front, and, 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 and that's not going to happen? Somebody say Amen. Following the goal is more about more than just geographic, okay? Following of Christ or call to go in every sense of the word. We go out of our way to love our neighbor. So some of you this morning, the call that you may get is to love your neighbor. Some of you are called to go back to that relationship that has been messed up in your life, or someone that, that you have spoken an ill word to, maybe the call this morning to you is to go and to make it right with them. And, and the Bible says if you come to the altar and you have ought against your brother, leave your gift at the altar, help me out, and go make it right. See, there's a different kinds of go that we're to do. And, and you know, there, there's, there's some people that, you know, their go is that, that they need to get some things right internally before they begin to do some, some work externally, begin to do things out here, God wants to do a work in here. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Go into all the world and make disciples. So our first thing is we, we got to work on us. 
Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying that, that that disqualifies us from going. You can share your faith, and we'll talk more about that. I, I want us to know that we can do that. We can do that. We don't have to know everything to do that. You can share your faith. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there's sometimes that goal might be a little bit different. We, uh, we go to new levels in our faith. In some seasons of life, your primary calling is to go to your own household in the light of God that's there. So, so we go wherever there are people living without the hope that we have in Christ. Now, whether it be across the uh, globe or across the street. You know, some people, you know, you know, it's just, yeah, you know, some people are called to be missionaries and they're called to foreign lands. And you say, well, you know what? I don't feel a call into that. It's okay. Because God, you know, he's not called us all to be missionaries. How many of you know there's 30-some gifts in the Bible? Each one of us are gifted differently. Now, let me just say this. We all should be, you know, have the, be hospitable to people, but not all of us have the gifts of hospitality. Can I say amen? Can you say amen? I should say amen. We say, yeah, that's true. I mean, in other words, we, we all do something in our goal, but, you know, there's different levels and different times where that goal may be something else that God is speaking to us. Now, I want, you to, I want you to get with me this morning. And if you've been following Jesus for a while, you'll probably understand the call to go. But so many of us, we just miss our go moments. And God is speaking to us, and we're not stepping out of our, our, our comfort zone, our apathy, that, that we're kind of frozen over here in fear, or whatever it may be. And, and, and we just need to obey God. So today, God is calling you to go. And the good news is this. You may not understand the go at first, and maybe it will come to you as you are going. As you are going, the, you begin to understand what that go is all about. And there might be different levels of that go in your life as you're going, and God begins to speak to you. And folks, I'll tell you, sometimes, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, God's called me to say something to somebody else, or God's get, I find something in the Word of God, and I'm thinking, wow, boy, this will preach. And God says, yeah, it needs to preach right to you. This is for you. This is not for nobody else. Somebody say amen or oh me. How many of you know you just found something say so you, whoa, 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 so-and-so needs to see this right here. God says, no, they don't. You do. I gave it to you. Hello. Isn't God good? Now, go to number three. There's roadblocks of the go. And the first roadblock of the go is living for Christ among the shadows of your past. Everybody say your past. Now your past, and I've said it before, as we're going, (laughs) and God's called us to go down the road, and we're in our car, we're going. You know, our destination is before us. And the windshield is large. But we have another little something we look at right above our head. And it tells us a perspective of the past. And sometimes we have to look in the rearview mirror to know where we've come from, to know where we are going. Can you say amen? amen. And you get a reflection of your past. And, there's, and this can be a roadblock, a shadows of your past. So Saul was the up-and-coming Pharisee. He was the greatest, his greatest accolade, I should say, was the killing of Stephen. He was the one when Stephen was martyred. It was, it was Paul that was standing there, okay? 
In other words, that was his greatest thing. So as we said before, he's going to Damascus on a mission to imprison. He's going on to Damascus on a, prison, on a mission to persecute and kill Christians. Now let me just read the scripture in verse 21. If you're in Acts chapter 9, drop down to verse 21. It says, all those who heard him were astonished. Ask this, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on the name of Jesus? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners of the chief priest? It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, this guy's preaching about Jesus now? You know, I, there's something there's something's not right here. So when we respond to the goal, we get a fresh start with Jesus, but people aren't quick to forget about our past. Somebody say amen. You know, if you've, been in a, you've had a business in the past where you've been a crooked businessman, you know, people are still going to have that kind of a negative thought about you as being a crooked businessman. Can I get a witness? And there might be something God might call you to do to help them in their understanding about Jesus and about you and what's happening in your life now. Because how many of you know when God forgives you, you're, you're forgiven? Somebody say amen. But if you've been a crooked businessman and you got saved, you know, people still have that connotation about your past is overshadowing you, and it can be a roadblock in your life, uh, keeping you from going and doing those things that God wants you to do. And it could be, it, it, you know, it could be something that God needs to help you with, okay? And it is something God needs to help you with. Sometimes you fall right back in, into the trouble you were in before and to the family who knew you and your character flaws, to the business you built dishonestly and to the friends that knew you and knew the sin that you had in your life. And you know, you, you're, you're falling into that. So Saul ended up preaching Jesus to the Jews who knew him. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. You, you were just totally against that, you know. But there was a change in Paul's life. How many of you have had that same change in your life? There used to be people that I didn't like. And I used to do things that I used to do that I don't do anymore because Jesus is in my life. How many of you know where there's a lot of Xers in here this morning in the, in the sanctuary? You know, you might be an ex-boozer, an ex-liar, an ex-stealer, an ex-forgiver, come unforgiver. Come on, somebody. Some of us got some kind of an X in our life somewhere, but thank God that God forgave us. Can you say amen? But it may be a roadblock to you and you're going, and God may need to do some work in that, and God can and God will if you'll give him a chance to do that. The second roadblock. Is feeling unprepared to be used by God. Now, one of the biggest questions when God calls you to go is often, how long am I supposed to wait and prepare before I act and go? And, and you know, it's a good question, and it's, it varies for different people because you do need to be prepared. And sometimes God's preparing you as you're going, and sometimes he calls you apart before you're even going. I mean, it, it, it varies, okay? Acts chapter 9, verse 19 and 20 gives us a great insight into how Saul, he prepared to respond to his calling. Now, he ate to regain strength. He spent time with the disciples, and then he went out. And the reference to Saul's eating represents the growing to the place of health before he was sent out. And sometimes God calls us, but we have unhealthy relationships, okay? Uh, maybe unhealthy addictions or repetitive sins that keep us uh, spiritually malnourished. And God wants us to pull us aside 
and help us in these areas to get us strong in the Lord and the power of his might that when we do and as we're going and when we do go to that place where God wants us to go, we could be more effective. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So to respond to God's call on our lives and to live it out the go, we must get healthy spiritually and emotionally and relationally. And remember that health doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean perfection, okay, but rather a growing obedience to God's standard, okay? In other words, we need to be obedient. God, what are you saying to me right now? What are you saying to me, God? I want to be obedient to you. So Saul also spent time with people who had been followers of Jesus longer than him in Damascus. He spent time with Ananias. He also spent time with Simon Peter. He needed that. And sometimes we need to just be alone with someone that's been down the road before uh, to help us. Can you say amen to that? And the older men, you know, teaching the younger men, the, the older ladies teaching the younger ladies, you know, in the church, we need some of that. So to live out the go in our lives and under, with understand the roadblocks, we need to be connected with people that are familiar with the path. So Saul invested in his health and community, and he was prepared to go, and we need to be prepared to go. All right, Acts chapter 9, verse 19 tells us that after he regained his strength, he went at once. Everybody say at once. Third roadblock. Third roadblock. Write this down. Knowing God's plan will bring you pain. I I want to say that. I want that to sink in. Because the Bible says all those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We'll suffer. There's no suffering that, that, you know, there's things that come against us. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Can I get a witness? So going doesn't spare us from hardships of life. When the Apostle Paul, when he went into a town, you know, (laughs) he didn't check out the motels. He checked out the jails because he knew he was going to be spending some time there. I mean, that's the way it was. He just, he knew that the people was going to come against him. So Saul went uh, just two weeks in Jerusalem before they had to sneak him out, okay? And, and this, is, this is what it was. He, there was things that was just, you know, coming against him. He was threatened with his life. He was beaten within inches of his life. And undoubtedly, there were times when Saul, he questioned God's plan for, you know, for his life. You know, God, are you really, have you, you, have you called me to do this? What, what's all this stuff around me? Why am I suffering with all this, these things? Philippians one twenty nine. Listen to this, Paul's word. Yet from a prison cell, awaiting execution, awaiting execution, Paul, or Saul, later called Paul, wrote these words. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. I mean, in other words, he, he understood that, okay? Embracing God's command will cost you something. There's no question about it. So for you to embrace the goal means that you will lose some things in this life. Now, it doesn't mean, that, doesn't mean that God's not going to give it back to you. It doesn't mean that God won't give you something better. You may re- lose relationships. I like what Blaine Bowman says. He said, you know, when he got saved, he lost all of his friends, all six of them. How many of you know you get many, many more? Somebody say amen. Real friends. Somebody say real friends. So it's going to cost you something. I don't know. You may have a real cushy retirement, you know, and maybe you may have to break into it or something like that. You know, those things do happen, okay? And there's a song called The Heavenly Vision about suffering. I want to share this with you. The author was Helen 
uh, Lamel, and she wrote this song from her small government subsidized apartment. Listen to this. Her husband had left her a few years earlier after she had gone blind due to health complications. And from the pain, she wrote these words. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Somebody say amen. So there may be those times that we suffer from whatever it may be. So the goal may bring you pain at times. All right, let's finish up on the positive. I told you all these other aspects. Let's go to the positive aspects. Number four in closing this morning, the blessings of the goal, the positive aspects. The reality is that God has a goal for every one of us here today. He isn't a passive God. He's very active. As a matter of fact, here's, here's the thing about God. He will leave the 99 and go for the one. Somebody say amen. So he's, he's very sensitive about anybody that's not in the fold. He, he's very sensitive about that. He chose this crazy, overzealous Pharisee named Saul to become his leader in the church and told him to go. Of all the people that he could have chose, he chose Saul. Are you kidding me? And sometimes we look at our lives and say, Lord, why, why did you choose me to do that? I mean, there's been so many times that, that, that I've been called to something, and, and it's like sometimes I'm thinking, Lord, are you serious? You know, it's okay. All right, here we are. We'll, we'll go, Lord. For most of us in this room, the goal isn't to become a missionary uh, or to put your life on the line. It, it, it's not, okay? The word go may mean different meanings for all of us. For many of you at this time, go is becoming a better parent. That's what your goal is. Your go, not goal, but your go is to become a better parent. As I said earlier, you might have just got saved, you know, and, and your goal might be to someone that you've wronged to go and ask them for your forgiveness. That might be your go at this time. You know, we have uh, inwardly go and outwardly go, okay? So, so we need to understand that, okay? So for many of you at this time, go is becoming, as I said, a better parent. Or, or maybe your go is starting a faith-filled conversation with someone at work tomorrow. And, 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 you know, again, it's been a witness in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. After the Holy Spirit's come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me. So the first thing is that we, our goal is to just be a witness wherever we are. We're, we're to bloom where we're planted. You know, there's times when I was thinking, you know, maybe, Lord, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And God says, no, you're right exactly where you're supposed to be. Because sometimes our goal, we may have that hardship, as we said earlier. But we're going to do what God wants us to do, okay? Our goal is writing the check. For one of God's sons or daughters across the world. Maybe your goal is you might be a business person or whatever. And you're saying, you know, God's just giving you all kinds of business. And, and, and all kinds of finances is coming into your life. And you've you got to ask the question, is that just for you? Or is God wanting to use you to be a blessing to someone else? Somebody say amen. See, not everybody could be used like that. Because some people, let me tell you something. As soon as they get something, they spend it. Come on, somebody. They don't know nothing else, but, oh, I've got it. It's got to go. No, no, it means that maybe, maybe God has, you know, something for you to do with that. For some of you, the goal is to get healthy so God can give you a greater goal. In other words, the, the goal is different. So, you, you know, you, 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 you won't have all the answers, but you have a goal in your life. You might not know where the money is going to come from for you to 
to, to, to do something or to, uh, you know, God's calling you to do something. You're thinking, I don't know how to we'll get the finances for this. Don't worry about it. Put it in his hands. If God calls you to go, say, God, that's up to you. That's your business. My business, I'm going to go. And by faith, trust God for those things that you don't have, the resources. How many of you know God can provide the resources if you are obedient to the go? But when you go, you don't go alone. In your go, there's a greater awareness of Jesus. In your go, there's a greater sense of the reason of where you're going and who you are and what you're doing. Let me give you this one last scripture in closing. And I want you to turn there. I, don't, I, don't, it may, it's, I think it may be in your notes. It may be up on the screen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Let's look at it. So let's look up here. Let's look at right up here. Then Peter began to say unto them, unto him, Jesus. Peter's talking to Jesus. Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or land, for my sake, and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this, this time, houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and land, notice this, with, what? help me out there, with persecutions, plural, with an S on it, and in the world to come, help me out, eternal life. Everybody say blessings. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are yours. But just like Abraham was called to go, you need to go just like that and and, and be obedient to what God's called you to do. Let me tell you something. God can take whatever you have in your hand and he can multiply it. Can you say amen to that? Not only to meet your needs, but as it says here, you begin to give and it shall be what? Given to you. So anything that I have let go of. God's always given back to me. And folks, I'm telling you, it works. You just need to be obedient, be obedient and you need to, you know, to go and you say, well, what about so-and-so? What about so No, 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 no. You worry about you. God can take care of them. Can you say amen? amen. Well, I, I know, but so, so-and-so has nothing to do with you. You need to be concerned about you. What's God saying to you about going? And maybe it's just stepping out. Like I said, it might be being a better parent. It might just, you know, whatever that is. You start with where you are. And God will help you to be what he wants you to be. Can you say amen to that? Did you get anything out of this today? Put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. I I just want to pray for you. And and, uh, I I want to encourage you to watch the... uh, the series tonight, tonight and next week, it finishes up. You need to watch that. been having some good comments, people saying, wow, that's really something, you know. And it may not be exactly. It, it, it's one person's thoughts and ways of how it was. And they're seeing from their lens and you're seeing through yours. And, and, and probably the truth is somewhere in the middle. But, you know, just to seeing those Acts of the Apostles on the screen, wow, it's just amazing. So uh, mm, I want to pray for you.